program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. The views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Author's Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Author's Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. Good morning, America. Tuesday morning, 9.05, another edition of the award-winning Authors Hour radio program. And uh, a big sponsor of the show right from day one. I'm proud to be a member and on the board of the uh, Association of Rhode Island Authors. And we now are getting back out there with the restrictions being removed on the viruses for supplying authors throughout the New England region, the tri-state region, for book signings, uh, new releases, uh, discussions, uh, libraries, and uh, so many expos. Um, farmers markets. It seems to be we have some authors in all the farmers markets now. The Loof Festival. And it culminates with our uh, big expo at the Roads of Patuxet and the first Saturdays in September. And this year, we're proud to announce we're going to have over 130 authors under one roof with all the free discussions and the panels again this year. So, wall systems go this year. And please enjoy. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozens of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advance notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link, and IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. And I also would like to uh, make you aware of we reinstituted our lively literati, and that will be on August 25th. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, 2021, at 6.30 p.m. at the East Greenwich Hotel, right on Main Street, East Greenwich, Rhode Island. And uh, we're going to have Keith Carrero. He's uh, co-authored now with Stephen King on his latest book. And Steve has the, uh, Keith has a series out there, a trilogy of books. He's been on the Author's Hour about five times now, The Pentinent is one of his famous uh, trilogies that he has out there now. He's a great sci-fi writer. He's a professor at Bridgewater State University. August 25th, 6.30 at the East Greenwich Hotel, right on Main Street, starting at 6.30. And then after that, it's open mic. 
and it's really interesting what comes forward. A lot of times it's a poet with its very first work and trying to get some uh, experience working with crowds, for uh, especially for crowd response and get rid of the jitters and get some valuable experience. Uh, musicians uh, debuting new books and uh, networking opportunities are just unbelievable. And also, you're welcome to bring a sandwich, Subway or something like that. Uh, there's no food provided at the East Greenwich Hotel. It's got a great horseshoe bar with fantastic drinks and hospitality uh, and a completely remodeled experience. It's just a beautiful part of the ocean state. Our first scheduled guest is going to be Debbie Montegria and Tears of Charge. Uh, Tears of Change is her book. And uh, we'll be working with her a little bit later. Everybody has a day job. Uh, we also have transportation and limousines provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks today. And we got a Ford Escort. Uh, escape, I'm sorry. I parked it on the side of John Brands. And we're driving twin vehicles today. So I hope the electronic ignition didn't work on both cars and him getting the wrong one because I need a ride home. Although, you know, I was pretty low on gas. Maybe he'll tank it up for me. But also, uh, this uh, show today is going to be brought to you by Little General Stores. You know, there's one in your neighborhood and they're all open eight days a week. Seven great franchises, a testament to Mr. Lapierre and his vision. If your town or uh, county uh, you know, has a good fit for a little general store, give them a call. Maybe they'll do a demographic study and put one in your neighborhood too. And what specials? You know I'm a breast man. My wife sent me an email. She says, stock up on these breasts. She says, get at least five pounds on the way home. Bone in whole chicken breast at one fifty nine a pound, and I'm sure Chef Gary McLaughlin and resident in-house chef Jeff Gamash will be talking about that Wednesday on Recipe for a Good Day on how they prepare a good breast at $1.59 a pound. Also, Hamburg or hot dog rolls, this is that time of the year. We're in mid-August, two nineteen, and that's the big eight-pack. Spoon roast. Get that definition out on Wikipedia. What kind of roast is that? A spoon roast. Five forty nine a pound. No limit on that. Authorshourbookstore.com. New and slightly read books. If you heard our author interview on our Authors Hour every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we will stock it. Call Wayne, WNRI at Yahoo.com for any locator service or a closeout book. Again, it's the new Authors Hour Bookstore.com. And I'm going to pass on some savings to you today. For your Authors Hour special, go on theauthorshourbookstore.com. Uh, if you plan on making any purchases of over the 300 selections on board, we have over 1,100 right now in our inventory. Send me an email, Wayne, W-N-R-I, yahoo.com. I'll take another 10% off on today's orders. 
Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is waynewnri at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. August 24th, my firstborn, Kimberly Barber Spank up in Milo, Maine, turns the big 53 today. And uh, also, Sharon Tag, uh, Tag Tallman from Oxford, Massachusetts, from Tag Racing. Uh, Mr. Tallman drives a modified up at Stafford, and her uh, nephew drives a late model over at uh, Thompson Speedway. And uh, real estate agent extraordinaire. And also, a Maine female guide, Lorenda Combs, turns 44 to, uh, 42 today, and Candace Smith. Now, on August 25th, uh, one of Jeff's new acquaintances the last two years, Sandy Sion from NR Rhode Island with that great website. She turns a young 45 tomorrow. Also, b Flowers. Is closed on vacation right now, much needed. They got that motorhome going, Stanley and uh, Ralph and all the crew. And, uh, I don't know. I think they went down to Amish country again this year, but they'll be back the day after Labor Day, fully stocked with all your fall decorations. You know, your corn uh, stalks, pumpkins, ornamental cabbage, kale, all of it's been ordered and will be delivered just after Labor Day. And boy, that's coming quick, you know, Labor Day already. And also right now I can smell that coffee brewing, that uh, Hogan Brothers coffee up at Book Lovers Gourmet, right over there at that new location at 72 East Main Street and Webster, Mass. Give Debbie a call if you're looking for a particular edition of an older book or a brand new release. She's got them right there, including a nice section for local authors and poetry. Poetry is on fire right now. 508-949-6232. And it's just peachy. Treat yourself to a seasonal sip. Uh, peaches and cream fraps, peach Italian soda, and peach pear apricot fruit smoothies at Book Lovers Gourmet. Right there at 72 East Main Street and Webster, Mass. And also, uh, the call is out on that. Local authors and local poets for a book signing or a reading or to get your fine work on her shelf, actually get it in a bookstore, maybe she'll give you a premier spot right there at eye level. She's very receptive to uh, local authors at Book Lovers Gourmet. On the line right now, we have our first guest of the day. Tears of Change, Poems, Reflections, and Quotes for a Meaningful Life by Debbie A. Montegria. And Tears of Change is a collection of poems and quotes that take you on a journey through the everyday emotions of life. In this book, you will find unique, one-of-a-kind poems. Some will touch your heart and bring you to a place of appreciation and peace. And others will change the way you view and look at all things in life. Debbie is passionate about expressing her true voice through her poetry. Her hope is that it will encourage you to find and listen to your own true voice. Good morning, Debbie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? 
And what state are you calling from? The state of confusion? <laughs> I like that. It's early in the morning here. It's, I'm calling from Colorado. So it's 715 here. Are you um, affected by any smoke over there from all those fires in that part of the country? You know, we are. We are. There's no fires here in Colorado, but we're getting the smoke from the California fires. You're getting the so after effect. Week. Last week it was really bad. You know, about a week and a half ago, we had some that uh, trickled across the country. Uh, and they said it was from uh, southern Canada from the fires up there, too. And then soon as you said yeah. Denver, uh, some of my relatives had just come back. They went out there for an exploration trip on a possible college. And they came back uh -huh. with some photos and showed me how diverse the state of Colorado was. We're going from a desert to a mountain to uh, so many different uh, weather and uh, lifestyle conditions in one state broken up to like four different sections. Have you lived there all your life? No, actually, I was going to say I'm visiting uh, family. So I've been here, this is the third week. I'm I, Actually, I'm from Arizona. So I will be heading back to Arizona at the end of the week. But um, last week, I think it was last week or the week before, they said it was one of the worst air conditions, you know, the air quality was the worst in the world. It was very bad here. <laughs> You can't even see the mountains at, at very much. Wow. So, yeah, it's a little better now this week, but, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. This is going to have long-term effects on all the environment, water quality, everything. Yeah. All this stuff, they say, when the rain hits it, washes it down with other chemicals, gets in the water supply, all the vegetation. This is going to be a nightmare down the road. I can see it coming as a naturalist. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a ripple effect. You're absolutely right. So Arizona is where you call home. Yes, Arizona is where I live. So we try to get, I'm retired. We, my husband and I try to get out of Arizona in the summer because it's just a bit too hot there. <laughs> so, so it's been nice in Colorado here the last few weeks. Now explain to me one of the biggest myths, because I've never been to Arizona. I'd love to see some of those oh, okay. dinners and stuff like that. They say it can be 120 Arizona, but low humidity, where it feels like 80 degrees in New England. And then you go up to Colorado with probably a high humidity rate. Uh, how do you describe 115 in Arizona, a dry heat? Well, it's pretty warm. I'll tell you, it's it's pretty warm. Actually, because it's it's dry, when, when we hit 100, I'm originally from Chicago, that's why I was born and raised, but I'll say when we hit 100, it's nice. People will laugh at me if they're, you know, they're out of state. But um, 115 is warm. It, it's very hot. It, 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 last year, I think it was, gosh, what did we have, like 60 days of over 115? It was horrible last year. It's colded and everything. This year it hasn't been that bad. But it definitely is is bearable 100 degrees 105 it, it you can you can handle it because there is no humidity and i know that's probably hard for people to you know realize but it's true but when it gets to 115 it gets a little warm yeah and around here we've had uh i believe 
we've got a period now that starts tomorrow over 90. And they term in New England heat wave of three or four consecutive days of 90 or more a heat wave. And I believe this is number five. And that's going to give us 20 days already this year over 90. But at least we've got a lot of uh, uh, precipitation this year, too, to balance it out. So Uh everybody with dug wells and, uh, you know, that's involved with water is very, very happy in this part of the country this year compared to other parts of the country. Do you come from a long line of authors or poets? No. I'm the first in my family. Yeah. And what inspired you to write a book of poetry? Well, it's kind of an interesting story. I started writing poetry some 25 years ago. I was um, struggling with a very debilitating uh, case of anxiety. And through my therapy with anxiety, I was um, journaling. So I was writing a lot, just journaling, scribbling, and putting my thoughts on paper. And from that, I just started extracting things from there and I started writing poetry. I started writing stanzas and putting it in rhyme and that's kind of how my journey began was was through then. And then over the years, I just continued to write. Um, and I was writing about several different things, children as I raised my kids and friendship and uh, that's pretty much how my book evolved. On the uh, selection of your publisher to help you get this book, this project out there, um, did you uh, give them a pitch or was it you just called them up randomly and asked them to uh, get your book out there? I randomly called them and uh, asked them if they would look at my manuscript and I sent it in and they accepted it. So I was pretty, I was very nervous, obviously, as most new authors would be, <laughs> to see if it would get accepted, and uh, they did. They accepted it. So the journey started. My my book journey started. Did you with, use... Uh, Christian Faith is my... Did you use their uh, uh, services for the cover design? No, I actually outsourced my cover. I had... Um, they pull these publishing companies. They pull from a, you know resources from a library that they have, and they did come up with a cover, but it wasn't the cover I wanted. I had designed my cover myself, so I had to outsource that with another company up in New York, um, which was kind of challenging because they were they were working on that right in the midst of COVID, and that's when all the last year, while all the companies were kind of closing down and and, and everything, and I thought. Oh my gosh, I was right in the midst of getting this cover design done and I loved it. I love what they, they they were a young group of kids and I I just loved what they did and I lost contact with them for about a week and I started to panic and finally they came around and they they delivered my my cover and they did a really good job with it. I was very happy with them. Was you able so far with this virus env- environment we have of doing any virtual book signings or discussions on your book on uh, Zoom or uh, anything like that? I have had several interviews on Zoom um, and then several podcasts. So I haven't done any signings. I Locally, I was checking into bookstores, but they just, you know, everything's still online. Yeah. So that's part of the future of uh, book signing. It's not really in the cards right now, but 
And then, you know, I thought it was for a while, and then this Delta variant came back in the picture. So I think stores are scaling back again. So we'll have to see. But it's been very successful online. So I've been happy with that, with, you know, like you said, through Zoom and through podcasts. How are the reviews? Are you getting any at all on the reviews, or is it too early? No, I'm getting reviews. They're good. They're very positive. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with a lot of my reviews. Okay. They've been, they've been good. That's very, very important. Uh, with Amazon, when you get up to the right. 50 reviews on that, it puts you into another group for advertising and stuff, too, which is going to be very advantageous to you. I've... Uh, Got a question here. Okay. Say I'm a bookstore. Uh-huh. I have a, an online bookstore, the author's hour bookstore.com. Uh-huh. And you want to get your book into my store or online. What is the difference between your poetry book in your mind as the author compared to what's out there right now? What market are you looking for? Hmm. That's a good question. My market, I think my audience, um, it, it, it basically is more towards mothers and women. However, I've had several um, men read my book, too, and they've given me positive feedback. Um, so I believe it could it could touch. I have 18 poems in my book, and I believe it could touch several people in many ways. Um, my poetry... Uh, I think every poet reveals some of their true characteristics about themselves through their poetry. We're all unique. All poets are different. And actually a part of uh, becoming a little vulnerable, I I touch deep, you know, I I go pretty deep with a lot of my poems. But um, my poems are are short stories, and they're in rhyme. So I believe that uh, what sets me apart from other poets is, is just that. It's, it's their, their short stories. And, you know, and you don't really, the reader doesn't have to know much about me. I know some of poetry, you know, from 17th, 18th century poets, you know, Yeats for us. Sometimes you have to know a little bit about the poet to understand what they're writing about. Mine's pretty much in layman's terms. You can, anybody could pick it up and, and understand the story that's in each poem. I got an email here from Albany, New York, Allie, and Allie would like to know, are you a member of any poet writers groups? You know, I'm not. I never really got involved in that. I do get poetry email uh, in my email every day from the Poet Society, but um, other than that, I'm, I'm not. I'm just kind of out on my own with my poetry. <laughs> I write it, and uh, I have a lot more poetry that I haven't published. It could be a second edition. But I'm not currently a member of anything. Of any uh, are you planning on writing any novels or fiction or nonfiction? You know, I thought about... I had one a gal ask me to do short stories because she liked my work so well. She said she told me she, I should write short stories. I have thought about that. I have thought about uh, uh, a little bit more writing and fiction uh, instead of poetry. And I also thought about doing a second edition. So I'm just seeing... Where this book goes, it's relatively new, and I'm a new writer, so I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the journey so far. But there could be some other avenues out there that I'll explore, definitely, as a writer. Okay, are you aware of the national explosion on poetry since uh, America's Got Talent poet winner Brandon Leake 
uh, won the million dollar prize, came back this year as a guest on this year's edition of America's Got Talent to a record crowd. And then poet Amanda Gorman at the inauguration mm-hmm. for Joe Biden when she rocked a house with the hill we climbed. Do you think that put poetry on a national level to the forefront? Oh, I sure do. I think it's definitely making a comeback. And, you know, with Amanda Gorman, I know she was beautiful when she was at the inauguration, wasn't she? Her poetry, her her delivery. She's just an amazing young woman. I thought she was um, 45 I, years I old. I know, right? That little, what is she, 22? Yeah. Very young. <laughs> what a pup. Wow. Very young, but very wise. Very, very gifted. She handled um, herself so, so I, well. Yeah, I, I do think poetry is on the comeback. Um, I've been to poetry readings and stuff. <clears throat> a lot of poetry. Um, my poetry is more, um, it's not more or less slam poetry. My poetry is more, I, I like to say it's a little bit more traditional. But uh, it's definitely making a comeback. And there are there are poets out there on the rise. NQ, have you, I've, NQ is big. He's really good, too. He has a podcast out. He he uh, has other poets that he features on his podcast. I have your book in my hand right now, and I love the cover, and I love the book. I told your publicist many Uh times before we actually got you on the air. I couldn't put it down when it came in the mail. Uh And I hope you have a copy because I'd like to have you recite uh, one of my favorite. I've got it highlighted with uh, two business cards on page 45. Uh, the name of the poem okay. is Passing. And I just had a personal family member that passed away this morning, and I'd like to dedicate it to him. Oh, first of all, I'm sorry for your loss, and thank you for pointing out that poem. That is one of my favorite poems in the book. And, you know, I haven't recited that in any of my podcasts or uh, Zoom interviews. So um, I will. I will recite it now, uh, and it's called Passing. In our sorrow, we reach deep within ourselves to try and mend the bleeding soul. The grief too strong, no quick fixes. Despair and desolation bridges our every thought, emotion, and feeling. Our cry for normalcy ever so piercing. Only the threads of time can mend the soul and heal the wound. Freedom then lies, a thirst finally quenched, but never truly satisfied. Now, the moment when you wrote this down and created this passing, this poem, did you just experience a family member or a personal friend that had passed away? Actually, it was written for a pet, believe it or not. My friend recently lost her her beloved pet, and they were very tight, and uh, I just couldn't find anything that I like to express my feelings for it, and I just sat down and wrote this. And it actually, um, it actually transpired rather quickly. Um, I, I struggled with the, with the, I think the third stanza, I, tr- I struggled with a little bit. I had to do some editing, but other than that, it, uh, it, it was rather easy for me to write. But it is one of my favorite, because I, I truly believe that it does speak of you know, passing, whether it's a pet or a human, you know, our loved ones. It, it truly is a 
thirst qu- finally quenched but never truly satisfied because we are changed by death. Now, you know, advice advice for young poets out there that are listening on the Author's Hour on Smoker 99.9 uh-huh. FM and Alexa, Apple, Armed Forces Network. Um, would you go to the libraries or a bookstore to see what the competition has out there? Uh, how they format their books and stuff like that? Are these some of the marketing tips that you can pass on to our listening audience? How did you come up with this format? Or did you rely uh, totally with the publisher on their guidance? No, the format was all my doing. I did research quite a bit um, before I put my book out. Uh, I wanted to see what else was out there. And I went to, I remember going to Barnes & Noble. <coughs> Excuse me. And there wasn't much out there in the format that I have. So I, my, my book format is, uh, I break it down into sections, and there's four or five sections, like I have friendship, and then I have um, a section called children, I have a, sep- a section called contemplation, and I, preceding each poem in my book is the poem inspiration. I, I tell my reader where I received, you know, where where, how I was inspired to write the poem. And then below the poem inspiration, I have a, a piece of artwork, a little sketch. Um, so it kind of gives the reader a better insight into uh, the depth of my poems. I didn't find too much out there in that format, so I, I pretty much designed it myself. Um, I do have some blank pages in my book, which, <laughs> which was rather challenging. I had to put the a page of um, my roses in there because uh, simply the way I had it formatted, I was instructing my publishing company that um, I had to have the poem on one side, the right side, and then I had to have my inspiration and my my uh, artwork on the other side. So it kind of was a little challenging putting it together, but it all came to fruition, and I'm very happy with with the you know the way it has turned out. It's very it's an easy read. My book is either you can read it, you know, I designed it as a table book. So you can either read it, uh, you know, from front to back, or you can simply pop it open and just extract the poem from it. Now, are you you big into the website and Facebook or a blog? I do have a website because I do, um, it's called tearsofchangepoetry.com. And you can order my book through there, through Amazon or Barnes & Noble or other resellers. And I sell, there's four of my poems in there that I sell poetry overlays, I call them. And what they are is uh, the customer would send me a picture, like I have a friendship poem in there, and they would send me a picture of their friend or themselves and their friend, and then I overlay the poem so it's kind of transparent over the picture, and then I send it back to them. It makes a really unique gift. I have a poem on children in there, which is one of my favorite poems as well. And the customers could send me a picture of their children, and then I would overlay, it's called A Child's World, is that poem. I would overlay that poem over the picture, and then they would frame it. We got an email here from William from Daytona, Florida. He wants to long, how long has huh? the book been out there? Oh, it's been out there about a year now. Okay. It's been out over a little bit of while, a little while. So you're getting it's, some traction. Um, it slowed up a bit with COVID, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, it came out last year. Okay. The name of the book is Tears of Change, 
and Debbie, I want to thank you very much mm-hmm. for writing this book. And it's uh, so appropriate. There's two or three that really hit home with me, like I uh, told the publicist oh, and everything when I read it. And I think it's going to be a lasting book. I think this is going to be around for a while. It's not going to be a short-lived book. This is a long-term book. You just got to get it discovered on a national level. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for the compliments. Yes, I do agree. I just It needs to get out there. I, I always say there's a poem in there for everyone. Someone can resonate with one of those poems like you did with Tapping. Um, but there's, like I said, there's 18 in there. And thank you so much for your compliments with it. I, I do hope it's lasting. Just getting it, it's getting out there. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you very much for joining the Authors Our Family right here on WNRI. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our interview. Okay. Thank you. Take care now. That concludes that part of the show. Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books, start reading. I'm all about those books, about those books. Yeah, it's pretty clear that I'm really cool. Because I'm reading, reading, it's what I like to do. Cause I got that fiction that everyone's chasing. All of these books take you so many places. I see those magazines, they make them reading hot. They're great when time is short and you can even swap. If you got books to Kindles, just raise them up. Cause anything you read is perfect from the start until the stop. Yeah, Devon said she told me, don't worry about the she says good read is like lots of books to read tonight You know I won't be no close-minded blank-looking Barbie doll So if that's what you're into, then go ahead and move along Because you know I'm all about those books those books start reading I'm all about those books about those books start reading I'm all about those books about those books start reading I'm all about those books about those books hey I'm bringing reading back go ahead and check out a gigantic stack nah I'm not joking I know you think it's smack but I'm here to tell you every book is an adventure makes you never want to stop yeah Devon said she told me don't worry I'm all about those books, about those books Because you know I'm all about those books, about those books Because you know I'm all about
about those books. <laughs> and next part of our show is going to be brought to you by Green Dragon Comics. And she would like to thank the thousands of people that went to the store over the weekend. Uh, last Saturday was free comic book week. And boy, I'll tell you what a great reception they had at Green Dragon Comics. We are at the dragon. That's the slogan. A big inflated dragon at the intersection of Route 100 and 102 in Chipachet. And they sell comic books. A locator service, if you're missing a particular edition, I'd be surprised if she didn't have it there with her inventory. Board games, Magic the Gathering, Fortnite, and especially social media, Green and Dragon Comics. Get on it, like it, share it, because she updates it almost every single day with sealed events, dueled events. You geeks out there know what I'm talking about. You start building and creating when she blows off the whistle there with your laptop. She's got that and so much more at Green Dragon Comics and Gifts. To give you that phone number, 401-949-2076. And another big thank you, uh, Teresa, and Terry, uh, Teresa and Jimmy Pond, uh, the proprietor of Cereal's Pizza Rammer and Restaurant. Um, the big special is every Tuesday. A beach blanket pizza special in the sun's out right now with bluebird skies. 15 large slices for only $7 every Tuesday. And a big thank you. They're normally closed on Mondays with this 52-year operation. Uh, but last night they opened up because it was a fundraiser. And they had a spaghetti and meatballs for the uh, Pasco troop right there in Barreville. And they sold out. And I'd like to thank all of their loyal patrons uh, for supporting the good cause. Cereal's Pizza Rimmer and Restaurant is also looking for a couple of experienced service, male or female. But here's the catch. Apply in person because they'd like to look you right in the eye when they see if you can make the team at Cereal's Pizza Rimmer and Restaurant. If you'd like to get an order delivered to you, it's 401-568-7187. Sunday dinner for two, also $19.99. I was up at Corbin Reservoir last week fishing, and the same thing happens every time there's a group of vehicles in a parking lot. Somebody locks the keys and the key fob in the car. Now, who are they going to call? An ex-wife and be reminded of two months' alimony? Nope, they should be calling Larry's 24-hour towing, Barovo Motor Sales, and to schedule a Rhode Island vehicle state inspection. That's called multitasking out of one location by calling 401-568-6286. Used auto and truck sales, new arrivals daily, lockout service, jump-starting service, transportation of unregistered vehicles, and body work right on the premise. They work with all companies. AC service. We're getting another heat wave again. They still got a half a pallet of Freon with ASC certified mechanics to serve you. 401-568-6286. Part two of today's show is a children's book, Emily D. and the Fearful First Day, written and illustrated by Savan Hong. Did I pronounce your name right? You did. You said it perfectly. Well, thank you very much for writing this book. 
<laughs> Thank this, you for having me on, Wayne. Is this your very first book? No, the, um, this is my third book in a series of children's books that focus on um, young kids who, in many cases, are neurodiverse and who overcome their challenges to persevere. Okay, so third book. So you've got some traction out there. Before the virus hit, uh, was you able to do many book signings or get out there with presentations? No, um, but I did have a book signing that was a drive-through book signing with during the virus, which was really um, cute, where I sat outside of a library and um, families would pull up and hand and you know hand me a piece of paper with their kid's name on it and I was able to sign the book and hand it back to them all outdoors so I think there's some creative approaches that authors can use um, right now to be able to continue getting their book out there a drive up book signing that's a first on the author's hour <laughs> but you have got my creative juices flowing and I can see how would children's books, I mean, not a 600-page novel, but would children's books or specialty books or photography books and stuff like that, that'd be a very easy way, a safe way to move some product. I, I think it works really well, and, um, and it still allows the children to see the author, right? It's not just something that's, that's um, a virtual experience which i think the kids get an awful lot of with distance learning but this way they get to actually see the author it feels real they get the book signed with their own name um and it is almost as good as the old way of doing it and where do you call home i live in westport connecticut westport connecticut so you just survived on right and uh oh we sure did <laughs> It is so crazy, this one here in Thompson, Connecticut, where I live in the northeast quiet corner, the Green Valley of Connecticut up there. Uh, I just missed the tornado Thursday on Route 12 by five minutes. I was doing some errands, getting my uh, renewing my senior citizen uh, fishing license. Now I'm showing my age. Then I went over to West Thompson Dam to check out a campground. I got back home and uh, the news is on saying, you know, they just touched down on Route 12. And I looked at my wife and I turned white as a ghost. And she goes, don't tell me you were just on that road. I said, within five minutes ago, I was on the road. But uh, the atmosphere and the conditions turned almost pure white. And I was very spooky driving because it was like that calm before the storm and in the eye of a storm. And we had nothing Thursday on the calendar for that. And this thing touched down, went down Route 12 and right across uh, Webster Lake and landed on the other side. So the federal government came up and did all of their uh, crime scene. <laughs> they had yellow tape everywhere. <laughs> and they proved it was a touchdown. And then yesterday, you know, a couple of days after Henri was hit, I'm reading in the news this morning that in Massachusetts, there was three official touchdowns of tornadoes in Massachusetts. How was you hit in your town? So we were lucky. We had a couple touchdowns of tornadoes last summer. But, but with Henri, we just had a lot of flooding west ports on the water. Um, and with the high storm surge and the full moon and high tide, um, 
there was a lot, a lot of flooding. But I think we all made out pretty luck, lucky that that it wasn't a hurricane, right? That that the winds didn't pick up like they did. As you know, living in Connecticut, the trees are everywhere, and um, and so many people lose power and internet and everything else. So I think we all lucked out. I had a large tree right across my driveway this morning from yesterday. We got a ton of rain yesterday in Thompson. And we had uh, taken down this summer the property that uh, we have, the family. We took down 98 pine trees on our property this year as a long-range plan to get uh, you know the uh, property opened up. And a lot of them were half-dead. And a pine doesn't have a lot of roots to start with. And the others had a lot of carpenter ants. But we were under the threat of every single storm of one of them crashing on the two different uh, uh, residences that we have there. So my son made the investment this year to get the crew in there, seven machines. And in four days flat, they got all the logs out, all the shredding done and everything. And this tree that came down yesterday was one that we wanted to get down, but it was two feet over our boundary. So we couldn't do it. And don't you know, yesterday that one came down towards us <laughs> right across our driveway. Oh, no. So now we've got a, uh, when I get home today, I've got to straighten that thing out. But it is totally rotted. There's no uh, firewood out of it or anything. But we knew that was going to be the problem tree. But we couldn't even push it over because it wasn't on our property. But uh, now we are all set with all good, healthy trees. And we saved all the uh, hardwoods. And we have a lot of uh, nut trees. Uh, not, you know, family members and stuff like that or a family tree or Ancestry.com. <laughs> but hickory, peanuts, uh, pig nuts, uh, chestnuts. And we've saved all of them. And they've all survived the blight and the different moths that have come through the Connecticut Green Valley. So that's why, you know, I hate to give it away, but that's why we have a wildlife refuge right there. Because of the ample supply of mass they have to chow on. Now, do you think, just sorry, I hate the way I get away from the book, but the hype of Henri. You being in Connecticut, our resident on the ocean, do you think it was overblown, or do you think safety concern? They did the exact right thing. I look. I'm always one to say better safe than sorry. You know, our family spent Saturday tying up all the lawn furniture and bringing in all the kids' toys and and all of that stuff and. While that was annoying to do, it it was fine, right? Like, I, it, I would much rather that they were cautious because that's just a matter of us spending the time putting everything back versus if the storm had really hit and they hadn't told us about it and the lives that could have been lost would not have been worth it. I'd rather them be on the safe side. Okay, the name of the book is Emily D. and the Fearful First Day. Very appropriate. Um, I have eight grandchildren. A lot of them are going back to school uh, this week. At the end of this week, a lot of them did uh, school shopping yesterday for clothes and stuff like that. And they will be going back before Labor Day. It's so appropriate to talk about this book right now. And I, I skimmed through the book, and I noticed... Uh, if, if I'm wrong, all right, let me know. 
Was it designed for uh, children with special, uh, like autism, or special needs children on their first day at school, or a different environment away from the safety of a home? You are exactly right. So all of my books focus on kids with neurodiversity, and neurodiversity is a word that that talks about kids who have a different kind of brain structure. So kids with autism or ADHD or dyslexia, um, they all fit in that category. And my books are there to show those kids that what they go through is normal, that, 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 that it's okay to wear headphones or have fidget toys or have to experience something that their peers may not experience. But, but when they get to see it in a book, they can identify with the characters and see that they're not alone. And so in this book, Emily D. Indeed, she wears fidget bracelets and she gets to go into the classroom before all of her peers do to, to, to really get comfortable with it before everyone else comes because that's the typical process that a special education student will get before the first day of school. Do you have educational training in this field? I am a mother of, of um, two neurodiverse kids, and um, I have ADHD myself, and so I'm very well-versed in the experience, and all of my books are actually true stories that happened to my kids, and, um, and the teachers that I reference in the books are the real teachers that were there supporting my kids along the way. And, um, and so the experiences are very, very real. I don't think you're going to have any problem, but I've got to ask you, have you got this book in any school departments now? Have they been receptive to it? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, it, because the first, my first book that I wrote, which is called Benny J and the Horrible Halloween, is about a little boy who is scared of going to the Halloween parade. And as parents... You think every kid is going to be so excited about Halloween and dressing up. It seems like such a fun thing. Um, but in my son's case, he was terrified, and I couldn't understand why he was terrified of Halloween. And then I learned all the reasons why he was scared of it. And one of the reasons was because Halloween can be loud and the noise can be loud, and he had sensory issues. And he had to wear headphones to make it through the Halloween parade. And... Even young kids want to be just like everybody else, and he felt very self-conscious about the headphones. And this is the only book that I have ever seen um, that actually depicts a child wearing headphones. And I've gotten um, letters from special ed teachers thanking me for creating a book like this because it then helps them um, with their students show them that no they're not the only ones who have to wear headphones that this can be something that is normal and okay and accepted and when they see the character in the book doing it it makes it much easier for them to do it so on the genre on this i would not exclusively uh label this a children's book i would label this um health and wellness you know with a specialty field and a health problem that's facing the country and so many families and, uh, you know, with the learning disabilities in their family. So maybe is that your marketing plan to get this book or the series of books out there to get the message out? 
crazy um, because there's this concept in children's books of mirrors and windows where um, a book can be a mirror for a kid so that they can see themselves in the book just like the kids wearing headphones but it can also be a, a window to teach other parents and other kids about what's happening with the neurodiverse kids in their classroom. So if your kid comes home and says, why does you know, Johnny wear headphones? This book can open up a conversation about how brains are different and how we all learn differently. And so it normalizes it, not just for the special ed kids, but for all the kids in the classroom. Fantastic book. I'll tell you, I, I hit it right on the head when I started going through this. And, uh, you know, the different flavor on it and being a grandparent and seeing all the different things on this, I was under the impression the special ed kids and stuff that have learning disabilities were isolated by themselves with a separate class. But what you're seeing and explaining in the book, that they're part of an integrated classroom and this will bring down a lot of the intimidation to explain it to the child exactly what's going on. There's a, there's a philosophy in special education, which was not the case when I was a kid or certainly not the case when you were a kid, which is mainstreaming the child as much as possible. So um, having a child, regardless of their, um, their needs, be in a mainstream classroom whenever possible. So even children who have severe accommodations and severe needs should at some point in the day be around typical kids. Um, so every kid at some point will be in a classroom with other kids. And you're right. Um, this will then help both that child as well as all the other kids in the classroom understand the difference. And, and showing them that those differences aren't bad or weird. They're just part of what makes us human. Now, do you have a big website or a blog or a Facebook page? I have a website. It's Sivan, S-I-V-A-N, Hong, H-O-N-G dot com. And I have a Facebook page, which is the same. Um, it helps to be the only Sivan Hong in the world, as well as an Instagram page, which is Sivan Hong Author. Fantastic. Thank you very much for getting this book to me and explaining it all in depth right here on the Author's Hour on Smoking 99.9 FM. This show and other shows will be available on anchor.fm slash Wayne-Barber as a podcast about 10 minutes after the show. And that is perpetuity forever on those podcasts and uh, I hope you tune in at a future date when you get a chance to uh, listen to uh, Savan Hong and Emily D and the fearful first day and also two of her other fine selections out there. Thank you very much for calling in the author's hour. Thank you so much for having me Wayne. Okay. That concludes that part of the show. Fantastic book. Hey, you know who just made a big move? You're talking about ready with a five-year plan. Uh, American Beauty Sign Works. Oscar Hancock, his son, Desiree with three E's, one of the greatest designers around here, graphic designers. You talk about advertising. Uh, whether it be digital, vehicle ramps, uh, political signs, uh, how about the real window of your pickup truck? 
or the real window of the fiberglass cap that's on your truck or the virus restrictions with the footprints on the floor. Anything that's available in signage, the latest effective signage to drive those customers to your door is available at American Beauty Signworks. And you're doing business with a Vietnam veteran, Oscar Hancock, a Navy. He told me he was a SEAL, but I don't think, I think he'd probably drown if he ended up in the ocean. But he was in the Navy, and he's a member of 818, a local group here in northern uh, Rhode Island for the veterans groups. But uh, you know Oscar, it's everywhere you go. Uh, Tri-state region, whether it's Worcester, Thompson, Webster, all those cranes are in the sky with all the new construction going on and stuff like that. And you'll see them hanging signs with the same commonality. The bottom of the sign, if you look real close, it says by American Beauty Sign Works. Now, if you're not sure on the type of sign that you want to put on your retail establishment or doctor's residence or whatever... Stop by their brand new location with service bays. That's why the big move to North Smithfield at 706 uh, St. Paul Street in North Smithfield, crossing the fire department behind Little General, one of our sponsors, and to the right of the iconic Powell Motors. Now you know where they are. And why the big move? 365 days a year with overhead doors. They can put trucks, trailers, and fabricate all of those fantastic signs right there without working outside. American Beauty Sign Works. Did I give you that number? 401-767-2922. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Second half was Emily D. and the Fearful First Day by Savan Hong. And the first one was a fantastic poetry book, 18 Fantastic Poems, Tears of Change by Debbie Montegria. That's with a double G, M-O-N-T-E-G-G-I-A. Highly recommended on a scale of 1 to 10, both a 10. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri.yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour. Remember to shop locally and to read a book. And tomorrow, please have the best day of your life. Your host, Wayne G. Barber. Give nations.